0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC. This week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC this week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe.
1: Hey, Jonathan, how's it going?
0: I- I'm jealous again of you this week. Just so you know.
1: And why is that?
0: Because you had Behold the Lamb of God at Southeastern on um, Wednesday night, and yes. I'm just I'm just jealous because my guess is you had pretty good seats. And I did. Uh, the pictures were amazing. The videos I saw, just the little clips online, were amazing. And I just want to say that I'm jealous.
1: It it was a really great day. Uh, we had a not just the Behold the Lamb of God concert, but the Rabbit Room, which is uh, Andrew Peterson, who does the Behold the Lamb of God concert uh, with his friends. Uh, they also they al- they also have a group they call the Rabbit Room. That is named after uh, C.S. Lewis and his friends where the Inklings spent time in England. Um, and uh, they came and did sort of a mini conference on Wednesday. So I was loving every bit of it. Then it ended with the concert on Wednesday night. And it it really was great. And uh, this was my seventh time to go to this concert. But it was nice to be at home.
0: Well, I'm going to go to it at home. Right. On- next week. But we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yes. So we're, yes. we're gonna we're kinda bookending the show here with um with some yes. talk about behold the Lamb of God. And and well, I, I will say this. Y- you had a great week and you had a great Wednesday. I had right. a great Thursday because another podcast that I do, Rainer On Leadership yeah. hit number one on the iTunes religion chart.
1: That's which a big I deal. Was
0: like, That is insane, by the way.
1: It's a very big deal and well deserved. Well, thank you.
0: I just was—I'm stunned that that happened. Um, I mean, we've, we've been up on the charts. We've been—you know—it's a kind of a mainstay on the top 200. But you know, right. it's it's down. It's never been there. Um, but we we you know joined the Life We Leadership Podcast Network over at Rain Leadership, and it, it kind of shot up the charts when we did that. And I'm I'm pretty excited about that. That was that was kind of cool. I was just I think really, that's really to, cool. You know.
1: So here is my question. Now I definitely understand why you know people love to hear the wisdom of of Dr. Rayner. Do we know it is the factor, Dr. Rayner? Because if it's you, then that that bodes really well for me here, because maybe maybe another podcast would make it up there.
0: Yeah, I, I doubt that's going to happen here. Um, okay, because I see the download numbers for both, and I know. that. <laughs> It's not going to happen here, Um, but it's not about how many people listen to SBC this week. I told you this in a text this week. It's about who listens to SBC this week. That's right. Yeah. Um. And and yes, it is. It is all Dr. Rayner over there. Um. That one's hosted by Jonathan Howe, but it is Rainer on leadership. Yes, it is. There's no doubt about that. They're coming. They're not coming for the voice. They're coming for the Rainer. So, um, it's uh, that it was pretty exciting though.
1: Yeah. Congratulations uh, to you and to Dr. Raynor.
0: And congratulations to you too, Amy, while we're having this congratulations fest on the front end of the show here, because you, Miss Whitfield, are walking across a certain stage this week.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is graduation week at Southeastern Seminary, and I'm going to have a little bit of a different view this time. Uh, So I, I get to sit close to the front. And I do get to walk across the stage um, kind of a a, a, is a journey that started in fall of 2000 um, in a hermeneutics class with Bob Stein at uh, Southern Seminary. And if I could go back and tell my younger self, uh, you're going to make it. It's going to take a while, but you're going to make it. I would uh took a, a quite a long break when the kids were small and then jumped back in and uh it it wraps up this week so uh so i, I am gonna walk across the stage. Here's the weird part, so I'm getting a Master of arts, which means I will graduate from our uh, graduate studies um area of the uh, of the seminary. So we have the college and then our graduate studies and our uh, and our advanced degrees.
0: And you're the only graduate that can walk across the stage and plant a big kiss on the dean. And it'd be okay.
1: But I'm not going to do that. I just want to be clear. But the dean, so the president gives the degrees. Uh, the provost has kind of a part where he um, introduces the different deans. But the deans are the ones that read the names. So the dean of graduate studies is going to read my name. Um, And I'm going to walk right past him uh, as he does so. And it's it's my husband. So that's kind of fun. It'll be it'll be special. And then I'll be able to get my degree from uh, Dr. Aiken, who so very long ago was the one who gave me permission some semesters to uh, take an hour out of my day to go sit in class. And now I get to uh, get my degree from him. So it's going to be a special day tomorrow and and, uh, a little bit different than most graduations.
0: Your Master of Arts journey will end at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, but it all started at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary located in Louisville, Kentucky, where they are committed to training future pastors, missionaries, and gospel leaders. You can learn more about undergraduate, graduate, and doctoral degree programs by visiting sbts.edu. So thanks again for them for sponsoring the show.
1: That was a nice segue because I got half. It's a thirty-seven hour degree, and I got eighteen hours uh, at Southern, and then nineteen hours here. So
0: Well there you go. Well, congratulations, Amy. Well deserved. I know you you worked hard on this, and um, I can't wait to see you know that PhD work start soon, right?
1: Um, yeah, we're gonna take a semester off, and then we'll <laughs> see what's next. I have some leveling work to do. Uh, if you see that, it's gonna be one of those. You know how you ha- see those like. Uh, Middle aged women, or like the grandma that is going across the stage, that could be me. We'll see.
0: Well, if it's the grandma going across the stage, well, <laughs> that's either taking a long time or we need to sit down with the kids and uh, have a few discussions.
1: <laughs> taking but, a long time. That was the intention. Let me just be very clear.
0: Okay. Cool. Uh, All right. Well, congratulations again, Amy.
1: Yes. Yes. So we'll see.
0: All right. Well, we got some news this week and uh, some big news. So, vamos Felix Cabrera. He's the new. Executive Director of the Puerto Rico Baptist Convention.
1: This is really exciting. Now, did you know that that was open?
0: I did not know that was open. I, I'm sorry, I'm a bad Southern Baptist. I did not know the Puerto Rico Executive Director job was open. They they slipped one by us, Amy.
1: They have had an acting Executive Director, Jorge Alvarez, but Felix Cabrera he just moved down to Puerto Rico to plant a church, uh, and now he is the Executive Director.
0: Yeah, it's pretty exciting. So um, he moved down there. He was, you know, a pastor at Iglesia Bautista Central. In Oklahoma City. And uh, he is finishing up that work in December. Actually, his last Sunday will be the 23rd. He's searching for a home for his new church down in Puerto Rico. That's the Iglesia Bautista Ciudad de Dios. And like we said, they're looking for a home on the island. So uh, there's only about 80 churches in Puerto Rico, 80 Southern Baptist churches. And they are uh, looking to grow that. And uh, we wish them all the best. Felix, uh, we've gotten to know him just a little bit over the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, I I don't know if we've mentioned it yet. He's the second vice president of the Southern Baptist Convention, was elected back in June in Dallas. So uh, that was exciting to see that. Now, I mean, this has been a kind of a whirlwind year for him. So second vice president in June, you know, uh, starting a new church down in Puerto Rico, and now the executive director of the Convention of Southern Baptist Churches in Puerto Rico.
1: Yeah, so uh, congratulations to Felix.
0: All right, and, and that leads us kind of to our next story. It's a story out at the Biblical Recorder. It uh, hasn't quite hit Baptist Press yet. It may the day that we release this or uh, early next week, but it's an article about the Convention Advancement Advisory Council and, and a database that they have uh, put in place. It's a dashboard that draws data from the annual church profile along with data collected by the EC and the North American Mission Board to help leaders of the SBC's ethnic fellowship groups track respective churches' efforts in evangelism, discipleship, missions, and cooperative giving. So there's a dashboard now in place that the EC has at their disposal to be able to track, uh, you know, how we're doing with ethnic representation, ethnic uh, giving, churches, evangelism, baptisms, the whole thing. Uh, On a a kind of a more granular level,
1: this is connected a little bit to. Do you remember there was a report that had uh, had come to the the EC? It was in right. It was and and so the EC presented a report in 2011 with recommendations that all SBC entities uh, would be proactive in inclusion of individuals from all ethnic and racial identities within Southern Baptist life. And then there was uh, more discussion a few years later. There was another, you know, kind of report that, that, that came together to see sort of how we're doing. And this has been talked about several times to encourage entities and committees and everyone to be proactive in thinking about this. So this is a group that was established really to, to help that. Uh, from a data standpoint.
0: Yeah, and and it's good to see that they are uh, compiling this data. It's something that we've talked about several times here on the podcast, including uh, this past year when we we had the discussion around the Committee on Nominations report. And uh, it's just something that keeps coming up uh, when we start talking about entity hiring and the uh, the entity openings we have now and minority candidates and possible candidates for those jobs. So uh, to have this tool at their disposal, this is something that uh, I'm glad to see available to Southern Baptists and Southern Baptist leaders.
1: Yes, it's incredibly helpful. So we have the story from the biblical recorder. There's also a story in SBC life that uh, just sort of gives the details on it. And it tells sort of the composition that, you know, that six members from the Hispanic advisory council, six from the African American advisory council, four from the Asian American advisory council, four from the Multi-Ethnic Advisory Council, three from the Bivocational and Small Church Advisory Council, five from the Women's Advisory Council, and four from the Young Leaders Advisory Council.
0: And, and Amy, also uh, one of the parts of that was the contributions to the cooperative program uh, and tracking that. That's one of the things that they're tracking. And we, we kind of have some, I guess it's good news and bad news. Um, well, bad news is that we're behind budget for this year in the CP giving. Good news is we're above where we were last year. So we're 4.47 above last year's giving in the cooperative program giving, but we're at 2.47 below this year's projected budget, which is good because last month, if you remember, Amy, we were like 10% below. And uh, right. we, we talked about why that was the case. And we, we were kind of wondering right. like, hey, look, there were five Sundays last year in October. There were four this year. So let's see what happens in November and see how things shake out. And sure enough, you know, things are are back up and, and back where they, they should be, uh, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah, so that it, it was good to see this because uh, although we didn't talk to anyone to confirm, we sort of took some of what we have seen over the last uh, years and speculated what was happening. And so it's nice to see it sort of moving back on track. A lot of times you really have to get three or four months in to, to see if things are evening out.
0: Yes. And, and January is the big one. January is kind of where we right. get kind of on the level because the first three months of the year have typically the last few years, at least been kind of slow. And then January is when things pick up. So I, my guess is it will still be a little bit below budget after the end of December, but in January, we'll see that big spike because I, I don't know why it is, but we always get a big spike in January. Maybe it's just when churches give or when some states pass things on. I don't know. Uh, but the, the January, uh, giving is usually way up and we usually see that. And, um, I, you know, we need to wait until January really to make a decision, but things are projecting well because we're ahead of where we were last year. Remember last year we exceeded budget anyway. So, um, we are on pace, uh, for some, uh, good CP results, hopefully in 2019. All right. Uh, Amy, a really tough week for you. I'm sure George H.W. Bush, the 41st president of the United States passed away last Friday night at age 94. And uh, I know he was your favorite, and we have talked about was. Uh, him several times on the podcast. Uh, we talked about it, especially when uh, his wife Barbara died earlier in the year. Uh, but I, I know this was a kind of a tough week for you because of all you know your your miss presidential history and first ladies, and and you've lost two of your favorites this year.
1: I have, and he really was he he was my favorite president uh, in uh, all of American history, and I just. I really just loved his character, his personality. Some of that probably has to do with my age. I didn't get to vote for him. My first presidential vote was for Bob Dole in 1996. Um, but in 1998, I was 12 years old, and I participated in a debate in class and represented uh, the, the Bush uh, position. I represented him. And uh, when I was 16, I can remember sitting in my room watching Returns come in crying. And because I had been such a supporter, um, he's the only president I ever saw up close. I got uh, I got about I was in about the second or third row of a rally, so I didn't get to meet him. But I did uh, get to be right there where he and Barbara Bush were. And I just uh, I just really had an appreciation for him and the way he uh, led. I, I, I loved to watch that. So it's it's been sad, uh, but also it's been kind of a beautiful thing to see him being honored the way he has this week. And that's kind of the nice part. Uh, I was tracking. we, We had so much going on on Wednesday on campus, so I had to be a lot of places. But I was also trying to catch snippets of the funeral as I could and then catch things later. Um, it, it's a lot to take in, but it, it's a mixed bag. You're sad, but you're you you really love this moment for the country to come around and remember. And uh, he he's gotten a just a beautiful a beautiful week, uh, focusing on him. So so that was the the really sweet part, but uh, but really tough. Uh, there is a, a a Baptist Press article that talks about his sort of connection with. Southern Baptists. He he was not a Southern Baptist. He was an Episcopalian, but he did meet with SBC leaders. He um, addressed the Southern Baptist Convention. He uh, had just had a lot of connections uh, with the SBC.
0: Yeah, and I've seen bits and pieces of the tributes to him this week, and uh, there are several opportunities to go and find those online. So I, I would encourage you to see. The one that his son George W. Bush gave—that uh, was a very moving tribute to him. Really beautiful. Uh, it has been—it's been beautiful to see some of the uh, just the things said about him uh, over the right. over the last few days.
1: Jonathan, here's a piece of Southeastern Seminary trivia. Uh, did you know? Oh. I don't know if you know that one of our ethics faculty, uh, Dan Heimbach, he mm-hmm. he worked on on a president Bush's staff. He was the, I believe the highest okay. ranking, he was, I think he was the highest ranking civilian at the Pentagon. I believe he wrote the memo kind of outlining the just war doctrine for president Bush, that president Bush used wow. uh, to make the case, to make the case for the Persian Gulf war. So, uh, wow. we've, uh, yeah. So he's actually got, I went to his outside his office yesterday and was just looking at some of the things on his wall There uh, from his time with President Bush. So he had, there's a picture of him and his family in the um, Oval Office and uh, some articles and things like that. So it was, it was sort of the week to do that. But that, that that's kind of a cool thing.
0: Yeah, that's very neat. And uh, it's cool that you've got people over there. And I I don't know if you saw this, Amy, but he took one last ride, Amy, on a train. Uh, The the casket went by train uh, out there in Texas today. I saw that. So I thought you would appreciate that.
1: Yeah, very special.
0: More condolences in the Southern Baptist world to W. C. Fields' family. Uh, Fields' a name, many of you may recognize as the uh, former vice president of public relations for the SBC's executive committee for like thirty years almost. Right. Um, he passed away on Monday here in Nashville at age ninety six.
1: Yeah, he's kind of a giant in uh in Baptist in the world of Baptist communications. You know, there's uh I I've. People really, when they speak of him, uh, they speak of him with a lot of respect, you know, for his sort of journalistic uh, mind and, and ability. So uh, this is this is really sad. You know, the BCA uh, Baptist Communicators Association Awards are named after him. So they would always talk about him every year. And uh, so really, uh, really sad news uh, for his family.
0: Yeah, and I was at a lunch today and Art Tolston was there and I didn't get a chance to ask him about it. I, I know Art would have known W.C. Fields, uh, from his time at Baptist Press. I should have, uh, said something to Art about that today. So, but I, I missed the opportunity. So next time I see him, I'll have to ask him about him because I never had a chance to meet him, but I'm sure that many of, uh, those who had worked in the SBC public relations area have over the years. So. Um, thoughts and prayers out to his family as well as Charles Sullivan's uh, the former Indiana executive he passed away last week at age 88 over in Knoxville
1: yes yeah, so he he spent 42 years in the path um, as a pastor and then as the executive director in Indiana for 12 years uh, so what uh, what a lifetime of service and uh, known to serve uh, Indiana Baptists, as well as Southern Baptists, and uh, and then also Tennessee Baptists, yeah. and Missouri, and Oklahoma. Um, he was a speaker, led revivals, so he really had an impact everywhere.
0: Yes, he, he served on several of the, uh, the pastors' conferences, and he was the president of the Tennessee Baptist Pastors' Conference. Um, was a member of the Missouri Baptist Executive Board, was a member of the Baptist General Convention of Oklahoma's board. So he was a leader in every state that he served. Um, uh, and, uh, he was, uh, you know, like you said, 12 years as the state exec in Indiana, uh, during some of those kind of tumultuous, uh, conservative resurgence years in the 90s when there was a, a great deal of change in the SBC. So, uh, thoughts and prayers out to his family as well. So now it's time to do some more state recaps we move over to virginia we we talked about homecoming at the sbcv i think it was last week this week the bgav at their get this 195th annual meeting that's wow. a lot
1: that's uh that that's pretty incredible um so they met in mount vernon baptist church in glen allen and uh you know 195th that means they were founded in 1823 so that's before the southern baptist convention was founded. Um, so that's that's pretty crazy. Um, they uh, adopted a 9.1 million dollar uh, cooperative missions budget and that will forward 28% for world mission causes. That includes both um, SBC missions and ministries and Virginia Baptist mission initiatives as well, uh, and, and and Virginia Baptist Mission Initiatives, and then 6% to Ministry Partners in Virginia, and then 66% to Virginia Missions and ministry. So kind of the way that I understand that is World Mission Causes would mean uh, some things that BGAV churches are doing to reach the nations, uh, so they they've got yeah. kind of an interesting way that they split things out.
0: They have three different tracks. One of them right. is for the SPC. One of them's for uh, the BGAV things, and then the other one is the uh, the World Missions, the the three, the third track. Previously, right. they were affiliated with the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, but after the Illumination Project and everything that went on with that over the past year, that has been eliminated, and they have different uh, options in the World Missions three track. So. Uh, a kind of a change for the BGAV this past year. Yeah,
1: yeah, something something a little bit different. Uh, so but they do forward some on to the SBC. They elected uh, new officers: Richard Martin, a deacon at Huguenot Road Baptist Church in Richmond; um, first vice president Adam Tyler, pastor of Grace Hills Baptist Church in Appomattox; second vice president Jay Lawson, who is the senior pastor of Warrenton Baptist Church in Warrenton; and secretary Herbert Ponder, pastor of Mount. Tabor Baptist Church.
0: All right, so their president is a layman, a deacon. That's right. So I mean, us laymen, we're we're kind of we're starting to get some recognition now in in some of these elected roles.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, that's that's pretty cool. I like to see that, and uh, you know, we, we see we're we're seeing laymen playing a lot of different roles. Our current acting uh, president of the executive committee is. Uh, a layman, Augie Boto. So, yep.
0: at um, my church.
1: That's that's right. That's right. He's a
0: he's a fellow Sunday school teacher, just like I am at my church. Very cool. We're on the cool. same level. Very cool. Not really, but
1: what? You know. So, <laughs> what class does he teach, and what class do you teach?
0: I teach young professionals, young single professionals. Um, okay. And he teaches just a uh, a regular Excellent. Sunday school class for adults. Very so.
1: cool. Um, well. The, it is wonderful to see uh, laymen serving in different ways, and so that's pretty cool for uh, the BGAV.
0: Now up to Ohio, where they met last month in Sandusky, where they approved a 2018-19 budget. Um, they they have a fiscal year of December to November, Amy, a little different than most of the January to December okay. that we see, of $4.41 million. It stays at 50%, uh, the 50-50 CP Uh, Budget is uh, still in effect there in Ohio. And they elected Ryan Strother as president, Reginald Hayes as uh, first vice president, Jeff Wollum as second vice president, Annette Desiker as the Assistant Recording Secretary, and Faye Rogers as the Recording Secretary. Uh, One of the things they talk about in the story here is uh, Mission, Ohio, where they have a a vision to reach one million believers in 2020 congregations by 2020. That is something that the Executive Director there has been pushing for quite some time, just a couple of years left to finish that 2020 uh, Vision, Ohio goal that they have up there. Attendance at the event uh, totaled 164. Messengers, representing the 15 associations and 720 congregations from the state of Ohio down to Arizona, Amy.
1: Arizona had their 90th annual meeting. They adopted a budget that will send more to the SBC. Uh, That's a $4,921,356 operating budget. And that's a 1.2 percent increase over last year that will allocate 34 percent of CP receipts that will go on to the SBC um, for national and international missions and ministries. And that's an increase of two percentage points. And I think that's really significant, particularly for um, some of our Western states. And uh, that's another step. Their goal is to get to 50-50 by 2028. Uh, So it's this will be the fifth straight year for an increase. And uh, each of the last three years, it was raised one point five percentage points. This time uh, it's raised two percentage points. Um, They had their first contested election of officers since 2011. Uh, So Ashley Evans, pastor of 22nd Street Baptist Church in Tucson, was elected president. Uh, in a ballot vote and then by acclamation um, eric gibbs pastor of first pima baptist church in sacaton arizona as uh, first vice president and robert waldron pastor of christ community church in sierra vista um, was uh, named second vice president so uh, they also adopted a new vision statement uh, that uh, also we just talked about 2028 for their cooperative program goal They said, by 2028, we dream of 1000 churches working together to share the life changing message of Jesus Christ so that the lives of individuals, families and communities are transformed by the gospel. And uh, this uh, this 2028, obviously, with this being their 90th meeting, uh, they have these things they're trying to reach by the time they get to their centennial. Uh, so they want to be at 50/50 with uh, the cooperative program allocations and to have 1000 churches in their convention and they have approximately 470 churches now so this is a a really big and exciting goal to basically double their size
0: with the syn city there there's been a lot of uh, discussion about planning churches right and you know we've had uh Whitney Clayton Who's planning right. out in Arizona? We had him on the podcast, Ashley Clayton's son, Whitney, and uh met him, you know, chatted with him this pa you know, two years ago when we were out in Phoenix and and again this past year in Dallas. So uh it you know, it's we're seeing Southern Baptists grow out there in, in Arizona and this is exciting.
1: Right. Now they did something that they've done uh for a few years now. This was their fourth time. They had a bicycle ride. Yes,
0: yeah, one of my favorite annual meeting traditions.
1: Right. Uh, so they, had, they did a 90 mile loop uh, in recognition of the 90th anniversary from uh, Foothills Baptist Church. And uh, they had several different stops. They had stops at uh, a couple of churches that were more than 100, more than 100 years old and a couple of church plants. Uh, so there were eight riders re- that were representing most of the entities that are supported by their uh, cooperative program budget. And uh, so that's uh, I think that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, one day. It's a one-day ride, 90 miles. That's pretty impressive.
0: It is. Always exciting to see that. That's one of the things I look forward to every year is the Arizona Baptist uh, bike ride.
1: You so, should go join them sometime. You should join them sometime. I don't have a bike,
0: nor do I ride. So, we should get... Kinda... Uh,
1: now see, Barry McCarty should join them on that ride. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because Maybe Barry they need to they need to hire Barry and and he can, you know, be team captain or something like that. Because Barry's right. all about that. Barry's done all kind of cycling and stuff.
1: So Absolutely. He'd He's be been all over everywhere. That. He did the big one, uh he did a big race in yeah. France this year, I believe. And yeah.
0: Um he did a tour stage, I think. I mean like a legit yes. Tour de France stage. Right. So kinda, so kinda neat.
1: What they should do is uh bring him in to be their uh, parliamentarian for their meeting. And oh, he go. could do the ride before and then go and help with their meeting. So, you know, yeah. we, we've we got all the yeah. ideas.
0: Two birds, one stone. There That's you go. right. We got all, all the right. ideas. Up to the Northwest where they passed a budget of just under $5.2 million. That's down from uh, 5.462 last year. They also dropped their CP percent down to 20%. We've seen this from a couple other states. Uh, the Northwest Convention is uh, another one of those states dropping their CP down Uh, quite drastically from 27% down to 20%. That means, uh, only $576,000 of the $2.88 million will be passed on to, uh, the national and international uh, ministries of the Southern Baptist Convention. They also announced a three-year partnership with the Baptist General Convention of Texas, uh, to help emphasize church planning, collegiate ministry, leadership development, and missions opportunities in, uh, Northwest, in the Northwest and in the Texas Southern border. So kind of missionaries going back and forth, you know, doing missions work back and forth between two state conventions. They also elected Dustin Hall, pastor of Kennewick Baptist Church, as president. First vice president is Michael Block, pastor of Columbus Avenue in Goldendale, Washington. Second vice president, Michael Ruptak, pastor of Hall Boulevard Baptist Church. And uh, they elected them as a single slate with no opposing candidates. So I only did one election for all three since nobody was running against them, Maybe. Yeah. I, I guess that's allowed. I, I I don't know how that works, but um uh, that's kind of neat. Yeah. But they look at the attendance they had though. They had uh had nearly 400 people at it cuz they had it at the Great Wolf Lodge in Grand Grand Mound, Washington. Okay. So if you're going to have if you're going to have a thing, you know, a meeting, have it at the Great Wolf Lodge. I mean, that's those brilliant. things are really cool.
1: That's brilliant because you do that, you get young families. And I wonder if they. Yeah, they, they, they sure had the they uh, had, one in, tech,
0: in Tennessee a couple of years ago over in Sevierville, right by the uh, the water park and everything there. So it yeah,
1: helps. and and if they have, I mean, I don't know if they provide child care or what, but when you do that and you've got this place where the kids can go, uh, you'll get you you get younger people. That is a very very uh, interesting strategy. Yes, I like that. I'm a great I'm a fan of the Great Wolf Lodge.
0: Yeah, I've never been. I've never been. I would uh, enjoy probably but I have never been. So, all right, that's going to do it for the state recaps this week. Got a new story, or got a story out of Midwestern, the Spurgeon College. Uh, Get this, Amy. They're going to offer a communications degree through Spurgeon College.
1: It's pretty cool, yeah. Uh, So this will be a BA in communications uh, specifically designed, uh, they said, to expand the footprint of Christ's kingdom no matter what industry, vocation, or geographical location they find themselves in, they'll have their ministry core courses, biblical studies, and Christian ministry, uh, mixed in with uh, journalism, public relations, rhetoric, uh, visual communications, lots of other things. Uh, so that that's pretty exciting. You know, I, I'm very interested in uh, anything having to do with communication. So uh, pretty, it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Do you think they possibly need some adjunct professors for digital media? We both have our MAs and you know, Christian studies, those kind of things. So we're
1: uh, we're so, qualified, aren't we?
0: And I have a number one podcast that they sponsor. So right, you know, right. And you, you could be my grader. I know you enjoy being a grader.
1: Um, I'm going to take a a step back from that for, for a season I've, I've done, I've had my fill as a grader, but, um, you, you enjoy, see, see what, see what turns up for you. Maybe there'll be an opportunity for you to come in and do a, a class.
0: Yeah. Give me a call, Sam. Uh, You've got my number. So, all right. And then finally over at Southern, Amy, some awesome news here. I know, you know, Garnetta Smith, she's been appointed to the new position of a women's support coordinator. At Southern Seminary.
1: So Garnetta Smith has already uh, been at the seminary uh, for over a decade uh, doing lots of different things, uh, most recently working in the area of student success, um, and she will continue to do that. Uh, so she directs the Center for Student Success, um, but she's been the Associate Dean for Women in the past, uh, but this is sort of a different role that uh, really puts her at a high level of leadership to, uh, for, for women uh, who are students at Southern Seminary to have, have someone they can go to uh, who is an advocate, uh, who is an advocate for them. It's just a, a new level, as Dr. Moeller said in the Baptist Press article, um, it, it's an even higher standard of care. Uh, so it gives it gives female students and staff someone that they can go to. Uh, so it's just it's a real, real place of support for all the women on campus. And I, I just I think this is marvelous. And I could not imagine a better person for this than Garnetta Smith. She is is someone I highly respect. And uh, and, and I think she's just fantastic.
0: Yeah, this is exciting to see, Amy. We've seen this become a point of emphasis across the Southern Baptist Convention, both in churches and at the seminary level and other entities. So, uh, this is exciting to see, and it should be a great resource for the women at Southern Seminary.
1: Yes, I think one thing you, know, you mentioned um, that, that we're, there have been a lot of discussions this year. I think one thing that we are really having our eyes open to is as we in our churches and our institutions, uh, we have leaders who uh, many of them are just gifted in, in all sorts of ways and uh, very highly respected. But the truth is, it is not easy for a woman who has something to discuss or is, has a difficult situation. Um, and certainly in particular, with some of the cases that we've seen pop up over the, the last year and uh, cases we've learned about over the past year, both in the Southern Baptist Convention and outside of it, um, a lot of those situations are are real places of vulnerability for women, and they need an advocate. They need someone they can trust, and uh, having women in roles like this makes a real difference. Um, and if we're going to be serious about training women, about ministering to women, about discipling them. Uh, we need to see more uh, of things like this. And so I, I'm I, I'm happy to see this and very excited and proud of Garnetta.
0: Very excited indeed, Amy. And that'll move us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds.
1: All right. We're going to go back to 1991. And uh, it was when some Details came out about the agenda of the upcoming annual meeting, um, and it was announced that for the 1992 annual meeting of the SBC in Indianapolis, an invitation had been extended to Vice President of the United States Dan Quayle. Um, and I, I thought this was interesting because, obviously, as I, I saw him in the news footage at the funeral, uh, sitting on the the second row with other vice presidents um this also followed 1991 when uh president george bush actually had addressed southern baptists in atlanta so then they were extending the invitation to Dan Quayle now at the time of this uh baptist press story they had only extended the invitation to the vice president uh they they did not know uh what what he was going to say um, they pointed out that when President Bush spoke in Atlanta, his appearance was not announced until shortly before the convention. So uh, they were, you know, I think telling everyone, don't uh, don't assume too quickly, uh, we'll let you know. But uh, it, the, the meeting was going to be in Indianapolis, which is the home state of Dan Quayle. And uh, he was going to come and welcome. And he did end up coming. I mean, if you go look at the annual from that year, he came, and I'm sure a lot of people uh, would, you know. I'm sure some of our listeners may remember that. Um, but I, I did find it interesting. I was doing kind of a search to see what types of things we might see about the Bush administration that happened uh, this week, and they were definitely up for discussion. As uh, as as President Bush himself, and then his vice president came and addressed uh, Southern Baptists. So uh, it's interesting because we discussed that a lot this year, and uh, we. It, it was kind of a common thing uh, at that in that stage and now we see a different type of conversation uh, going on among Southern Baptists. There's some differing opinions. That spectrum is a little uh, broader about the thoughts of uh, presidents and vice presidents addressing the convention. But at that time, um, I think it was, it was kind of a, a normal thing. So, uh, so while we talked a lot about um, President George Bush this week, uh, they were also talking about him in 1991 as they invited his vice president to come and uh, and to speak to them. And it all happened this week in SBC history.
0: It's, it's fascinating to see how that has changed, though. You're, you're right. Um, you know, 25, 30 years later. Yeah, the, the mindset has definitely shifted some. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of neat that we were able to find that this week in SBC history. So Amy, well yeah. done again on that, uh, as usual. So that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week is a great new little audio advent devotional from the city church down in Tallahassee, Florida. Our good friend Dean and Sarah's church. They're putting out this daily advent uh, devotional. It, it is fantastic. Uh, I've subscribed and listened to it every morning. I'm away into work. Or if I'm headed to church, wherever I may be going. And it is theologically deep. It's short. It's good enough for the kids, even. I mean, it's, it's top notch. So I'm going to put that in there. Uh, it's just, you can Google city church advent devotional or, or go to iTunes and just search that. Uh, but you can find it. We got the link at the, uh, the show notes here, but, uh, I, I highly recommend that for the advent season. Amy, your resource of the week is.
1: Uh, mine is, we talked about the Behold the Lamb of God concert, which uh, I got to be at at Southeastern this week. You're going to get to go to the Ryman. Um, some of our listeners might have tickets to the show in their uh, towns and areas. But if you cannot get to uh, get to the show in person, you can buy live stream tickets for Monday night's show at the Ryman. For I believe uh, $10 uh, plus a 2.95 service fee, so $13, um, you can watch it in your house. And uh, so we're gonna put yeah. the link up there because if you haven't seen this, it is a great, uh, a great thing for the Christmas season and uh, something that my family loves. Uh, so we'll put that link up there. Highly recommend it.
0: Yes, absolutely recommend it. It is one of my favorite things every year. i watched the live stream last year, and uh, it, it's just it, it's fantastic. So I, if you're not doing anything Monday night, and even if you are, just buy it and watch it later on delay. It's worth right. it. It is the best Christmas show I, I've seen. I mean, it's the same thing every year, but it's great every year. I mean, it's just that good. It's uh, the best Christmas show that really isn't a Christmas show because... It tells the whole story, not just the Christmas one. So fantastic uh, little thing there. So check that out, folks. So thanks again for joining us this week. Congratulations again to you, Amy, uh, on graduation. And uh, we, we look forward to following your scholastic career uh, moving forward as you enter PhD work, I'm sure, soon.
1: Uh, starting with a, a big break. <laughs> Enjoying spring semester.
0: It was only a 37-hour degree. Come on.
1: Yeah, I I, I took the long route. Was the marathon degree. So,
0: all right. Well, thanks again for joining us, folks. We'll see you next week.
1: See you next week.